All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Um, and today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so uh, let's keep it moving. So we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, in regards to the... Uh, the suspensions. I'm pretty sure, like I said, it's going to be either tomorrow or news dump Friday. But we'll get it. We'll be off Friday anyway. But we'll rehash it when we come back next Wednesday. But however, let's get to this list. Okay. So the first list that we're going to do, or the second one we've done, this is going to be the um, cornerback list. And then we'll try to get to safeties. And then also we have some meat on the bone from yesterday because I didn't get a chance to give my thoughts with uh Derek Carr and on top of that we've got uh Travis Kelsey aka Killer Trev going to Kashi on everybody and Jose Canseco but we'll talk about that uh let's look into this list if we can I'll go ahead and count down I'll give you the list okay let me before we even get here I want your top give me your top five off the dome cornerbacks mm-hmm who do you Ooh, think are the top five this. corners? I wouldn't prepare for this one. Because it's um, one thing for Dubbin to let us know. but Damn. Uh, top five corners. Um, number five. Number five would be, what's, what's my man from Philly? Um, the Eagles. Is that Slay? Who's that? Yeah, Darius Slay. Darius Slay. He's definitely going to be in the top five. Um, who else would I put in there? Um, damn, this is a good one because really I would have to hear the names and then sit there and say, okay, yeah, he is. I'm just, but I'm trying to think of who else would I would put in there. Um, you know, it, it's. I always look at. You know, um, Gilmore gets a lot of love, like he is. But you know, again, I'm I'm hard with guys that come out of the Bill Belichick uh, tree. Um, you got your PS twos. You got your Ramsey. Oh well, that I mean, Patrick Satane. I would have him in top five for sure. Okay. Wasn't trying to come across as a homer, but I would have him in the top five. He's gonna be special. I think if he can stay healthy, he's different. So that's two. See, I don't know about Diggs. I mean, Diggs, I mean, I guess you would be able to make an argument for Diggs. I think I've got to see another season. I mean, Diggs had the year before last what he had like seven INTs, eight, like two of them were pick sixes or three. He was hot. He he took a lot. Of, the thing about Diggs, I, me personally, I'll knock points off of him because I can't have like in my opinion, Diggs is all or nothing. He's he's boomer bust, meaning like he's gonna give up big plays because he's so like he ball watches a lot and he bites a lot. And that's the reason why it's boomer bust. And that year before last, him having those seven, eight INTs or however many it was and taking two back to the crib, he took a lot of chances. But then he kind of backed up a little bit. So to me, it's hard for me to put you in a top three or two, uh, per se, with that on your resume. Um, I would also here. Here comes the third one. So, so I said Slay and Eagles, PS2, um, your guy in Cleveland. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward, uh, in my personally, 
I would put Denzel Ward in the top five. Um, so that's three. So I need two more. I can't do Diggs. Diggs got to show me another year. Um, he had a bad year last. Not speaking of Diggs, but I'm about to go here. But again, you know, uh, he got oh, first of all, he got hurt. Uh, he got overpaid. He's another one that came out of Bill Belichick's tree. Signed with the Chargers. It, it, I uh, mean, last JC year, Jackson. JC Jackson. Ah, I don't know about that. I think he's a product of the environment in Foxborough. Could be wrong. Really, Jonas, I just those are the three that come to my mind were those three guys, I think, when you talk about Slay, when you talk about PS2, and you talk about your guy, there's those are guys I feel like can play. You can put those in any system. You can put them in a 3-4, 4-3. You can put them in man-to-man. You can put them in zone. They can play anywhere. I, I think a lot of you know corners, and I'll even go back, not to go totally off the rails or backtrack here, but I'll even go about why I never really gave Richard Sherman his flowers a lot when he was playing because Richard got a, got a lot of love based off of he was loud. Like he ran his, his don't ever try a quarterback on me, Crabtree. What do you mean, Richard? What are you talking about? That's what he was loud. He knew the market itself. The one thing I knocked on Richard for, Richard never really took the best receiver on the other team. Pete Carroll in Seattle through the leisure boom, they played a lot of zone and they played their system. So say, for example, if, uh, I don't know. Let's say Pitts at that time, let's say Seattle's getting ready to play Pittsburgh. And you got Antonio Brown in his prime, pre-crazy going off the grid, Antonio Brown, but that guy. They play Seattle. If it doesn't line up the defense, Richard's gonna stay on that side. He's not necessarily like if you go back in the day where I come, because I've always said that they throw around shutdown corner too loosely for me. I'm from the Coach Prime, aka Deion Sanders, high step from the 20 era. Okay, I've seen, you know, uh, Rod Woodson play. I've seen guys like Daryl Green. I was young. Daryl Green, Washington at that time, you know, but they're called the commanders now. I come from that era. So this whole shutdown corner, that stuff gets thrown two way loosely. Okay. That's why I knocked bases. So I'm not, this ain't hating on CJ Jackson or whatever because they're a charge or nothing. I've stayed like this consistent, man. And that's the reason why Richard, he will be a Hall of Famer someday. He's a smart corner, whatever. But to put him, there's so many corners that I would take over Richard Sermon because he never played the right. Deion Sanders, I'm taking Jerry Rice. Okay. I'm taking Andre Risen. I'm taking Michael Irvin. That's the cloth I'm cut for. If it's that type of matchup, give me the best guy. Some of these dudes that play this zone protection and deep two cover, they get mistaken. There's a lot of foolishness going out out there. So I can only give you three that I'm going to put down on my team that I've named. Who's your number one? Because we we have, uh, I mean, you have Denzel up there, PS2, Darius Slay. Who's number one, though? He's ahead of schedule. If he stays healthy, I think the build, the fact that, I mean, he's got in his DNA, and it's not, and I would say this regardless. I think it's Patrick Sertain. So you're going to put him as your number one corner in the league? I think he's the number one because he's got the prototype. I mean, mean, he's built. His dad played it, but he's got the build. Now, he's got to go prove it. Even though I watch and pay attention to Denver, um, I'm not going to argue with anybody, but he's definitely in the conversation as the top three. But I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be better than everybody on that list. But just because he's just he's if you wanted to spit out an NFL cornerback, that's him. It, it, it's Patrick Sertain, too. The only thing that's going to stop him, you're talking about decade all pro. I think he's going to be the only thing that's going to stop him is a major injury. 
and, and having to go through a major rehab might slow him. But if he stays healthy, which he might not, it's it's going to be when it's all said and done. But keep so what? How close right, am so I? Now, so now we now that we have your top yeah, three yeah. or three guys that you have up there, uh, starting with those who did not make, and this is uh, Jared Dubbin over at CBS Sports. His top ten cornerbacks of twenty twenty three. Those that did not make the cut. Uh, AJ Terrell from the Falcons, Carlton Davis from the Buccaneers, uh, Traverius Ward for the Niners, Denzel Ward did not make the top 10 uh, from the Browns, uh, Jamel Dean for the Buccaneers, James Bradbury for the Eagles, Marshawn Lattimore for the Saints, uh, Tariq Woolen from the Seahawks did not make, make the top 10, uh, and Tredavious White from the Bills, and Xavier Howard from the Dolphins. So some big names on there. Okay, look, stop right there. I think Tyreek Willen, uh, you know, I know if he can stay healthy, I think he will get on that national stage here in the last couple of years. I think it has a lot to do. Seattle has to get on TV a little bit more. I think they had a hell of a last couple of drafts. First of all, I've been on record thinking this year or next year or the next two years, Seattle's going to have the best secondary in the, in the league. Okay, the way they draft. That's one thing. They might not be able to draft offensive linemen. They might hit and miss some sheep. But the one thing that Pete Carroll and his front office can do for the last decade, and that's draft secondary. I will tip my hat off to them. So don't even worry about Tyreek Woolen, 2-1-0's own. He's going to be on that list. That has a lot to do with Seattle wasn't on TV that much last year, in my opinion. A little bit. He got a lot of flash, and he was up there top three for rookie of the year. So. It's not like he wasn't recognized. His name definitely was out there. He was, uh, I think, tied for the league lead yeah. in interceptions. I don't have a problem with him being off now, but he will be there soon. But keep it go- But there All was right. another one. Hold on. There was somebody else you named in there that I have to say that I don't have a problem with either. Making who was that else? Give me that list again real quick. Well, Denzel Ward did not make the list. Yeah. Xavier uh, Howard, James Bradbury, Tredavious White, um, 49ers. Marshawn Lattimore, Chavarius yeah, Ward. Lattimore, ah, he, he's a pit bull. He's a dog. But Lattimore, he's he's not that smart between the ears. He gets too many 15-yard personal fouls for me. He's easy to get in those marquee matches with a receiver. And then he lets the talking trash. He loses his game. He's lost so many games for the Saints over the years with unnecessary 15-yard personal foul penalties. I'm docking him just for that. He's a hell of a physical corner, but I'm not putting – I have no problem with him missing the list. All right. So starting with the top 10, okay. number 10, counting it down, uh, Cowboys, Stephon Gilmore. Getting the love. He's at 10, though, right? Number okay. 10. Yeah. Uh, number 9, the Panthers, J.C. Horn, uh, entering yeah. his third season. Yeah, he's legit. Trayvon Diggs, number 8 for the Cowboys. So, Dallas, you have two in the top 10. And you want to see that secondary uh, shut down this year, then. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, uh, Baltimore Ravens, number 7. D.J. Reed for the Jets, number 6. Uh, Jair Alexander, I see Marquise Henderson here on Facebook. Uh, with Jair, yep, number five for Green Bay. Darius Slay was not there at number four here oh, yeah. on oh, Lovin's so, list. Oh. Jalen Ramsey now with the Dolphins. Oh, there I at totally number forgot three. about Jalen. Oh, wait a minute. Who am I going to take? Well, I only gave you three. He he he's in the oh, he's about he's turning the ninth fair. He's going to play the back nine. He ain't on the seventeenth green of his career eighteen, but he's kind of turning the back nine. But definitely, I would add uh, Ramsey. I know he had a rough Super Bowl a couple years ago. He's given up some deep balls over the last couple of years. But if all I love, I'm going to love to see him at Vic Vangio's system. I, I, I that's you, you just gave me my fourth. I'm going to put Ramsey off a of body of work in there as well. And I wasn't a big Ramsey fan to be honest with you from the get go. He just rubbed me the wrong way. But he has a good body of work. I'll put him in my four. I've given you four. Keep going it though. All right. Number two, do appreciate your um 
your recognition of attempting to not go uh, you know homerism here but ps2 is his number two. Oh yeah uh, not yeah. quite number one there yeah. number one was your defensive rookie of the year sauce Gardner with New York. So New York has two in the top ten. Dallas has two in the top ten. Dolphins have one in the top ten and then an honorable mention. Yeah, look, it's that's too much sauce for me early. I I can't put him um you know, no. I mean Patrick Satane is going into his third year, sauce is going into his second year. Um I think Sauce is going to be the real deal, but to me, that's just getting caught up a little bit too much. Uh, this is another guy that's out there, you know, basically at the court side of the Knicks with Aaron Rodgers, this and that. Uh, let some teams get tape on him um, in regards to going in his second year. Let's see how he does. But to sit there and say he is the best corner going into year number two, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. I'm not putting him over a PS2. Um, and I'll tell you right now, PS2 is going to have, a if, if health, everything, every prediction we do on this show forever has always been on based off of good health. PS2, I don't care if he was in Miami like his daddy played, or if he was in Dallas, in Cleveland, PS2 is going to have a better career than Sauce Gardner. I'll just tell you that right now. The prototype, it's a lot of stuff he can do. He can play the run. Go ask Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams, he, he got a little bit of better. I will say this. Devontae got a little bit of the best of him in the matchup two toward the end of the season. But that first matchup with them, Devontae Adams, was, or, numbers were horrible. Okay? Um, and look at the division PS2 is going to play in. And PS2 can cover tight end. He can cover whatever. Sauce at number one? No, man. I can't even put Sauce ahead of Jalen Ramsey right now. And Jalen Ramsey's had some – and to Jalen Ramsey's standard, he's had some – down years he's had a couple down years because he's given he, he had a horrible super bowl i mean good thing that they won because he, he he's given up some big plays against some good receivers but you know what i'll take that all day instead of having a corner uh that's hiding out behind coverage or zone and then they want to call themselves a shutdown corner stop it that 49ers in dallas game back in the 90s muddy at candlestick rain mud 49ers played in that all white with red trim. Deion's jersey wasn't even dirty. He didn't even have to use gains. Didn't even have the equipment. Didn't even have to clean it afterwards because they wouldn't even throw. They wouldn't even throw on that side. Come on. But Sauce, oh, see, that's okay. That's all right. The stock is high on the Jets, man. Everybody, and I get it. When you ain't won a damn thing since the guy running out of the tunnel with the fingers. You know, that that iconic NFL films with Joe Namath just running out with the guarantee at the poolside. You ain't and you got to go through that. And some of y'all weren't even born as Jets fans. And then you got to go through the butt fumble with Mark Sanchez. I can get it why everybody's ramming up the city of New York and the Jets and gang green because Aaron got there. You got him at the number one in sauce. Why don't we go ahead and put Bryce the number one running back too while we're at it? He's coming off an injury, but who cares? He's young. They've got a young to Put him at number one running back in the league. No touch sauce. Come on, man. Let Get some second-year film on him, and let's see. Because the Jets are going to have a target. Y'all think a target's going to be on Victor's back down here in the 210. That target's going to be on the Jets and Aaron Rodgers' uh, funkadelic, psychedelic, mushroom ass anyway. 877-37-GRIND. Um, keeping it moving. So yeah, that's that's kind of slays up there. Um, totally slept, forgot about Ramsey, and that just has to do again the type of year. But yeah, but yeah, but they didn't have Ward. Didn't make the list. Nah, wasn't even top ten. 
That, that ain't the bad disrespect. as that. Yeah, that ain't as bad as the coaches list the other day, but it's down there in the ballpark. And maybe that's from Cleveland. I mean, I mean, how many national te- y'all have had quite a few national televised game in the last few. I don't know what that is. And you keep telling me, you remind me all the time his performance against Jamar Chase. I mean, so what are we talking about? Shuts I mean, a guy, down. a guy that basically contains Jamar Chase and he can't crack the top 10, but we got pretty much a rookie going to second year is going to be number one. Come on, man. I'm telling you, it's too much time. It's dead in the summer where people just behind it. They got deadlines and stuff in their ball. We got to put out something. Probably don't even know. Okay. Probably can't even tell me what press coverage is. Come on, man. That's that's a lot of Jets love. Keep giving it to them. When we get back, we'll get to that other list. But first, I want to talk about Derek Carr's comments and Travis Kelsey. Shocking. We've got another quote from the Chiefs. Shocking. Just Sam Rothstein all over the place, man. We'll talk about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Lights, please turn off the lights. For now, everything just seems so right. And how you make the darkness seem so bright. I'm feeling like things gonna be alright. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey. Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Keep in mind, Texas summers, as we were getting reminded every day, can get hot. But now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know. Only much better. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with the premium ingredients and call for a bold and savory taste. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. And don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. All right, 87737 Grind. Okay, so 
keeping it moving here. So, yeah, that's my thoughts really on the list. couple things before we circle back and do the safety list. couple points I want to get out. First of all, let me parlay a, a topic from yesterday that we left meat on the bone. Derek Carr. Uh, you know, it came out like um, Tuesday, yesterday, that Derek Carr, which he's kind of, a lot of his quotes have, you know, come across my radar, per se, um, over the last few weeks. Uh, but uh, recently, he came out to say that, first of all, the benching that took place with him, I believe, in week 16, I want to say, uh, when they benched him and put uh, Stedman in, um, was probably week 16, I believe. There's two weeks left in the season. Um, he said that that really, he said lit a fire under him. And then he also says that pretty much, he was done with the situation once they made his wife cry. He said, I was done. I'm like, how sweet. But the whole part of the benching that took place, you know, I get it. Look, even, you know, speaking of uh, personal experience, there are certain things that even I will need to happen or things I look for to give me you know, that spark again, that motivation to be like, okay, this, this, and that, you know, and as I've gotten older, some of those things are hard. Cause I see, I look at, you know, life starting to look at life a little bit different than I have in, in the past. Um, but to say that the benching lit a spark or a fire inside of me, I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I feel like, okay, you mean to tell me, um, you know, getting hurt years ago, um, a few years ago when the Raiders qualified for the postseason and getting hurt right before the playoffs started, that, and, you know, missing that opportunity to play in that playoff game, that in light of fire, um, being made fun of or poked at when, you know, basically you had tears of emotion or hurt when you're laying there on the field a few years ago and you broke, um, I think it was something his foot he broke or his hand, I can't remember or ankle and you were crying people that didn't that 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 didn't light a fire um look i i don't there's a certain thing to where when you get in if you especially in a situation of Derek carr if you haven't had that much success on the nfl level and i know there was one year that he was competing or his name was being surfaced as an mvp type of season and i think that's the year he got they went to the playoffs but the year he got hurt right before the playoffs if i'm not mistaken um i just feel that you you know there should be other things but prior to this situation last year with a first new head coach and josh mcdaniels um you know, I don't know why he didn't see it. I mean, I saw it sitting away from the two one zero that once Josh McDaniels was hired and who they who he stole from the quarterback room from New England, I knew that it was going to be some pressure on Carr, and I knew that he knew the playbook in Josh McDaniels' system way more and sooner and everything else before Carr ever learned all of it. So to sit there and think that he wasn't prepared or this was just a shock, especially the way their season was going, is kind of like, okay. But I just feel like there should be other things about Derek Carr that should have lit a fire before that. And not only that, 
I just feel that also when you have my original point I was getting to when you talk about the lack of maybe success that he's had in the league, when you get to certain spots, and especially, let's, I mean, I know that they went through Jameis Winston. I know Taysom Hill and threw some passes. I know Teddy Jam, Bridgewater's been there. But make no mistake about it, there's still one shadow that he's going to be under, and that's Drew Brees, Mr. Austin Westlake's own. So when you're coming into a new spot and you're somebody that has Derek Carr's resume that doesn't jump off the page at you, sometimes you can kind of talk yourself a little too much and trying to hype yourself up. He's done a lot talking, which I believe the pressure is on Dennis Allen, the head coach. I think the whole lingering over from Sean Payton's staff, that's going to wear off. That's pretty much done after going into this season. They're going to have to compete for the NFC South. They're going to have to win the South. There will be a coaching change in the 504, I believe. And that pressure of that Laura of still playing under the shadows of Drew Brees at that particular position. Um, the one thing he has going for him, and I believe that the Saints have going for him, is because the Atlanta Falcons are still in the midst of a rebuild. Okay, now they surprised a lot of people last year. They were very competitive. I'm hearing there's a lot of people picking Atlanta to have an opportunity to win that South. I, you know, I won't do mine officially to the end of August, but I, I really don't feel. I'm I'm going to lean toward. I would still put Carolina, and I'm still probably going to put the Saints ahead of them. Uh, but the one thing that Derek Carr and the Saints got going for them is because really when you look at it, you know, there's a new there's a second year head coach in Atlanta and then there's a first year head. Well, not a first year coach, but a new coach at a new position in Frank Wright with Carolina. There's a rookie quarterback at in Carolina, even though he was the number one overall pick. And there is Ritter who is going into his second year, but almost going to be like a rookie year from his officially start for day one. So there's some components and there's some things that work in the Saints and Derek's car's favor to be successful. I do believe that division at the end of the day is going to come down between the Saints and basically Carolina. I don't know who I'm picking yet, but it's coming down to those two. I think Atlanta is on the right track. I think they have the right coaching staff. I just don't believe that Atlanta is going to be a fantasy football player's heaven. Okay. I don't know if they're going to stop a nosebleed. I think they still need some work on the defense. So with all that said, there's pressure on Dennis Allen and there's definitely pressure on Carr because he got a good contract. I think that he, it worked out to where he had leverage he, he targeted the right division because there was a there was a push between Carolina and the Saints. And Derek Carr chose the Saints to therefore had Carolina trade to move up with Chicago to have the first car pick or the first pick on the car lot in Bryce Young. But to sit there and say, oh, when, my, when they made my wife cry, that was it. I feel like telling if, if, if I was I'd be like, what is she crying for? Is the black annex car going to get canceled? Is she going to have to change, uh, you know, her budget? Or is she going to have to do all that? Um, I get it. And, you know, speaking of that, because when I hear my wife, I always go back to that scene. And, you know what? I watched that movie again the other day. Because usually when it's on TV, I'll flip through it. But I guess it was, you know, again, finals are over. You know, I'm just flipping. And I think it was this past Saturday. And I got caught any given Sunday. I, you know, I haven't seen that movie in a while. But that movie 
you're talking about Oliver Stone. That movie is like 15 to 20 years ahead of its time. And I always go back to that that uh, that scene between the wife and uh, Cap. Like, shut up. You're the starting quarterback for the Sharks. I don't want to hear that talk. I'm like, damn, she just slapped him. Like, that movie, though, the things they touched on in that, they're like 15 years ahead of time. Tell me you've seen that movie, Jonah. You've seen Any Given Sunday? No. Not a movie, guys. <sighs> just mm, not. Mm, mm. Anyway, we see you, Derek. Let's see how it goes on Sundays. You know, let's see how it goes on Sundays. You got your number one receiver, Michael Thomas, that's coming off. He feels good now. Like I said, he he bailed out on Teddy. When Drew basically retired, he was like, oh, I'll get the surgery now. Remember, Sean Payton suspended his ass a couple games, I think, or disciplined before that. He, he screwed Sean over the next year. He didn't want to play with Teddy, even though Sean went undefeated with Teddy. But Michael Thomas is back. They signed him like a one-year deal or two-year deal, whatever. We'll see what he's back because he's he's been in my doghouse ever since he pulled that, which I've always had respect for Michael Thomas. He was a beast, but he's been in my doghouse for the shenanigans he pulled. Let's see. Let's see, Derek. But Derek's talking a lot too, but we'll see. There's going to be some pressure on him. What do you got? And, of course, you got the uh, one of the runner-ups for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Chris Olave, down there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah alongside he's, Michael Thomas, and, and yeah, and he's coming back. This will be his second year, but yet and still, though, I mean, yes, but with a lot of it, you still got to get used to a new guy throwing your ball. It's it's really comes down to the continuity of your receivers and quarterbacks. That's the reason why I don't care how much Aaron Rodgers knows Nathaniel Hackett's offensive system behind his, you know, from the back of his hand. He knows it blindfolded. Them other receivers don't know it, and you still don't have, com- you know, some chemistry with some of these other young guys. I know he's brought a lot of boys over that's played with him in Green Bay, but that's why I'm kind of hard on Aaron for other reasons as well, too. Uh, but that's my take on that. Travis Kelsey says that 80% of NFL players smoke marijuana. And he also said that, hey, as long as you quit by July, you're good. I know guys that basically, you know, smoke maybe up to all, but, you know, we sweat so much and then, you know, it just sweats out of your system and you're good. I know guys that just quit a week before they still pass drug tests. All right, Jose Canseco. Now, Jose ended up being right. I mean, people came out and killed like this is this 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 might be the only radio show in the country that has this on the topic. When Jose Canseco said it, oh, it was just like it was like a bombshell and people thought he was crazy. People thought he had a horn growing out of his forehead. Oh, this guy's bitter. MLB don't want nothing to do with him. He hasn't been nothing since the Bash Brothers. Do you know who were the Bash Brothers tandem, Jonas? Do you at least know that? That's okay. I don't think so. Jose Canseco and Mike Mag- Mark McGuire in the early 80s in Oakland when fans actually showed up to the games. The Bash Brothers, really before the steroid era really got crazy, which I think it was kind of going on there, but it wasn't full-blown like in the 90s. But Travis Kelsey has let us know that 80% of NFL players smoke marijuana. Now, to me, with more states legalizing it, is it a big news, big story? No. But why does Trevor, Travis Kelsey, a.k.a. Killer Trev, I know it might have been a podcast or been an interview, but why do you have to go? I mean, why? They have talked 
so much. I don't know if it's just because I'm they're, they're falling right in the turns. I swear they just won the title for the first time this year. But you put out, and, and not only that, how do you think, I'll ask, how do you think other players, even if it's no, and keep in mind, I will say this, the NFL has, they have softened their marijuana policies over the last few years because you have studies that, you know, with, you know, it's better for them, you know, recovering from that than it is basically shooting up all the time with painkillers and having to get it. I mean, that pretty much more is proven to show, you know, damage to your body, the more medically what marijuana has. But it's it's legalized in certain states. It's medically legalized for medical use in a lot of states. So it's not really big of a deal. And I think NFL changed their policies to where like, hey, man, we're we're not. We're not really rushed. That's why you ain't heard no marijuana, no guy suspended for weed in like a long time. I don't even know who the last guy was that was suspended for. Maybe you'd have to go back to uh, the wide receiver that's ass is playing in the XFL by Josh Gordon. I think you'd have to go to Josh Gordon. Maybe there was somebody since then, but the league has really softened their stance on marijuana issues. And so with that, no, why does Trevor have to put the whole league's business out there? Go ahead. Well, sitting next to a guy who's always trying to get my IP address ch- tracked by um, streaming services and whatnot, <laughs> um, I mean, you can keep trying, man. Uh, it, probably because you think it's funny, you know. Uh, but regardless, it, why it comes up is okay. This isn't just some podcast. This was a, a, a feature in Vanity Fair. All right. Travis Kelsey. So this is a, this is this isn't even like a podcast or a sports. This is Vanity Fair. This is Vanity Fair. Oh, Mr. Sadiddy, Trav, Vanity Fair interviews. Okay, and they're going around on on Travis Kelsey's big year that he's had, um, everything that he's gone through. Of course, it, it really the, the piece opens up talking about his opportunity to finally reach something that he's always wanted to do, and that is host Saturday Night Live. Oh, so he's hosting Saturday. I didn't even know that. Already did. Oh, he already did. I'm going to say, aren't the writers on strike? This is the past thing. I missed that one. So it was an opportunity to do so. And in his feature with you know um, Saturday Night Live, joked about his suspension from Cincinnati back in 2010 when he was a tight end for the Bearcats. Uh, Missed a season because of you know marijuana policy. And so you one thing leads to another in this um, in this interview here with Vanity Fair. And he said he estimates that fifty to eighty percent of players um, smoke weed, use well, I cannabis. Thought he was hit it hard with the eighty. He said fifty. He he, yeah, it was, well, it was more a, than half the soft league. touch there. So half to eighty percent. Oh, and don't forget they've got the golf turn. They've got the golf match between Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis and, and Travis Kelsey. I think that's tonight, by the way, or tomorrow. It's coming up pretty soon. I've seen that promo. They're living rent free up in your head, Cal. I can't turn nowhere, man. I'm getting they pop up everywhere. I mean, they they, they lately. I mean, they it wasn't like this after the uh, 49ers victory, a Super Bowl. It damn sure wasn't like that after the ass kicking into Tampa Bay. They just said, "Hey, everybody on the offensive line, y'all can't even fly home back to Kansas City. We just wiping off everybody, and getting a whole new line." But this one over Philly got them feeling a certain way. But hey, they've earned it. Because you want them to think that this is just going to be a walk. Probably ain't anybody doing nothing. I mean, can you blame them the way that they ran through the AFC West? But this is a lot of San Rothstein. I'm taking notes on all this because if something, if it starts getting a little rocky, because I'm going to tell you this, this is the lowest odds that I've seen for Kansas City to win that division in a long time in the Patrick Mahomes era since he's been a starter. 
And I haven't even studied really all the departures that they've had this offseason. I mean, of course, Clark is the main one. They've got their other pass rusher, Jones. I mean, he's hell and not, he's holding out. I mean, they're going to pay him or not. I think that's the only reason why they haven't added a receiver in free agency, why you haven't seen them make a, a move for D-Hop, whatever, because they're trying to get Jones' deal done. Maybe it will. But I need to start looking at that. I want to, you know what, before we get closer, sometime in my downtime, I want to look at that schedule for them September, October to see if I see any type of, uh, you know, because if you look at it this way, the way that they've had it the last few years, a quote-unquote rocky start or slow start for Kansas City would equivalent to hovering around 500. Like maybe like, you know, if they were a game above 500, people would say, well, wait a minute. Is this the year Kansas? Just remember I said that. I mean, that's to their standards. And most teams would take a 500 start in September. If you could get through October and be at 500, a lot of teams would sign up for that. But that would be considered a type of slow start. But I haven't even digested their schedule yet to even see if that's even possible. That's on the horizon. But we'll see. As far as their victory lap, you do know that they've gone to rival teams circling their stadiums after wins and in, in, in the buses. Uh, last year, uh, entered the season at, uh, or entered in the uh, in the spring last year, we're sitting there at just plus one sixty to win the division with the Broncos right on their heels, and everybody had to, they had to hear this talk that the Chargers were coming. The Broncos that. were coming. Oh, I've got the nine in front of me, so uh, the the fact that that was all strumming up, yeah, they're making sure that, everybody that, hears that, it. That 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 this is that year's line. Last year, they've always been minus one, minus at least two hundred to win that division. And the, and to their defense, the circling the buses, the Raiders started that because John Gruden when they upset them one time, the Raiders bus went around, and so they paid back the favor of Kansas City. See, I'm fair. I try to be fair. That's all I'll try to do, you know. But I'll let you know the next Kansas City update coming in. Probably maybe tomorrow next week we'll have another one. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You God in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. 
at Specs. The fun starts here. Here's to you. Shout. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.